Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the WIM Podcast. This is Jesse Grossman. I am so happy to be here with you guys. Although this is not our first episode of 2023 by any stretch, it is our first guest interview of 2023. And I've actually had Mananya on my radar for quite a while. We connected like during the pandemic through a mutual acquaintance. And she just really, really impressed me back then. And You'll see why today because she's freaking incredible. So before we get into that interview, learning about her, I am so excited to remind you guys that we are doing so many in-person events this year, you guys. I, for someone who considers themselves naturally quite introverted, I've really been enjoying these in-person events, real talk. I don't think that I would have been able to if it wasn't for a freaking pandemic. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, I was like, yes, I want to be working from home. Uh, being around so many people kind of like drains me a little bit. But I got to say, I think it has to be a product of the pandemic. And just like I, even I <laughs> am enjoying in-person events and interactions with people. So we have been going pretty hard in that area. Of course, we had our New York event back in September. That was like our experiment. And experiment was successful because you guys really showed up. Uh, we had to cap it at like 50 people just because of space limitations. And the feedback was just incredible. So we hosted another one in LA in January of 2023 this year. And that one was phenomenal. So we have another one coming up again in New York. Don't worry, we're coming to other cities, including perhaps Chicago, which is where Mananya is based. But our next one is here in New York, February 8th. And it's going to be phenomenal. We're in the midst of planning it all. So check the show notes for a direct link to attend. Members always get like dirt cheap tickets. It's $10. It doesn't actually even cover our expenses if I'm being honest, but like I always want to get back to our members. So $10 really just like ensures that you come. <laughs> That's my hope. By spending 10 bucks, it like guarantees you attending. But for guests, it's $50 a ticket. You can always join for $49 a month and get your tickets for the cheaper price. You can also, of course, join the VIP membership for the year, save even more money, get more for the VIP membership. Anyways, we've had a lot of people join this month, which makes me really happy. I think like January is such a unique month, right? Like people want to hit up a gym or eat a little better, whatever your resolution is to yourself, whatever that looks like. I don't know. I'm, I'm very conflicted on New Year's resolutions. And by conflicted, I mean like I'm not into them, <laughs> but I bring them up because we've had a huge influx in members this month. I equate it to 
people are looking to invest in themselves in the beginning of the year and like go hard for 2023. And, you know, whether it's a WIM membership or like investing in your mental health or your physical health or your spiritual health, or just like having more fun, being more present, like whatever that looks like for you, I hope that you do it and call it something other than a resolution. Cause I feel like that will give you an infinitely better chance of sticking to it. <laughs> so our guest today, Mananya Komarowski, is from the incredible agency Weber Shanwick. So TikTokers, celebrities, YouTubers, thought leaders, and policy change makers, she connects incredible brands with incredible content creators and influencers. She creates, she builds departments, teams, hires talent, and loves being a mentor. She believes that partnership, self-awareness, collaboration and integration or everything snaps to all of that. So she also leaves Weber's diversity, equity, and inclusion influencer efforts and their mental holistic wellness program in the Chicago office, which is where she is based called Mind, Body, Soul. That's amazing. She's worked on giant accounts for companies like Panera, Mars Chocolate, Anheuser-Busch, PepsiCo. The list goes on and on. She was an absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure to chat with today. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And oh, wait, guys, hold on. For those of you who are watching on Spotify and YouTube, is it going to work? Is it going to work? Ah, we have a sign. Check this shit out. Ta-da. It says women in influencer marketing. I know I talked about it in our last episode that I have this backdrop that I'm going to get up. We got it up yesterday. I am trying to figure out how to get it to look a little better on camera, which is why I'm going to turn it off for now. But you can see it in the background and like I have some incredible family members who really support the work that I'm doing. And I'm incredibly grateful for them because they hooked a girl up. Look how fun that is. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you enjoy the improvements that we're making to the show. It's really just to bring you guys more information and hopefully in a fun way. All right, guys. So enjoy Mananya, our guest of the hour. I hope to see you at our New York event. And, um, oh, you're going to enjoy this episode so much. All right. So everyone, thank you so much for joining, but my biggest thank you has to go to you, Mananya, for like joining us today on the show. I'm just super stoked to have you here. So first and foremost, how are you? And thank you for joining. I'm doing great. You know, it's just a Monday. Let's let's tackle this week. So thanks for having me. 100%. You are our first guest of 2023. Ooh. And you are on my list. I don't think you know this. You are definitely on my list of people to come on to the show. So I was just really pleasantly like surprised and pleasantly and pleased when you just said yes to coming on. So thank you. 
I am just excited for our audience to like learn more about you, how you work with influencers, a little bit more about like your professional journey. And so we're going to get into all of that today. And I think the best place to start, tell us how you on a day-to-day work with influencers, if you don't mind. Not at all. So I lead a wonderful team at Weber Shanwick of influencer strategists. And at the end of the day, what we do is build relationships with brands and influencers and creators for the communities, the people out there, right? So it can include anything from, you know, just a day in the light of my team is identification, providing strategy, engaging with influencers, outreaching, contracting, negotiations, all the way to kind of like just working with them on their content, talking them through brand updates, product launches, all the way to the end. And of course, that includes also working with multiple teams um, that we have at Weber, the creatives, the, the brand planning team, you know, our social team. So it's really something that I'm very proud of that we've experienced through the years, which is our influencer capabilities and offerings, because we really try to make sure that everything we do is purposeful and meaningful. And um, one of our focus areas really ensuring that there's some sort of mutability, so an earned first mentality, and also making sure that we're in culture. So that's what we do um, on a day to day. That's what I do. I oversee an entire team that do this um, coast to coast. And it's been honestly a, a pleasure and a blessing because I do think that we actually have one of the coolest jobs ever, which is working with people every day. Totally. I love that so much. And so you yourself are based in Chicago. Where is your team? You say everyone's coast to coast. Like, are you guys fully remote? Do you have offices all over the country? Where is everybody? So we have a hybrid model and I'm in Chicago, but I have teams from like LA to New York, anywhere in between. You know, I do believe that in our world, we have to be agile, right? Because things change all the time. It's so quick and fast paced. So the team is coast to coast, me in Chicago, but I'm always in um, New York because that's actually where uh, Weber's HQ is. I love it. All right. Well, we'll have to definitely get together next time you're in New York, but I love Chicago. So I think it's super cool that you're based there. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording and like the one event that we ever held in person in Chicago, I was like floored with how many people showed up and like showed up with enthusiasm and It was absolutely one of our best in-person events ever, and it's very memorable. So we've got to come back to Chicago. You've been at Weber for, I think, almost like 12 years now, if I read correctly on your LinkedIn. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's an outlier just to be at the same company for so long. So I'm very intrigued by that because I – you know, you have a reputation in such a good way. Like we were introduced by a mutual person and who had such wonderful things to say. So like you've got options and you've got incredible talent. How has Weber kept you there for so long? So yes, it's, it's true. You know, agency folks, I've actually only been at agencies and um, it is true that we do usually jump around quite a bit. And I've been at multiple agencies prior to landing um, as a boomerang at Weber Shanwick. So I did start at Weber as a 
goodness, I think an account supervisor. And then I stayed there for a couple of years and I left and, and came back. So I'm a boomerang. Um, and we actually have a lot of boomerangers at Weber Shanwick. And I do think that it's because of our human first, people first mentality um, at Weber. And also the fact that you can pave your own path here. I actually co-started the influencer team about 11 years ago. And it was with me and um, another person who's no longer at Weber Shanwick, but it's been really great to see how the influencer team has evolved through the years, even when I was gone. And now having been back almost six years at Weber as a boomerang, it's really great that we've been able to have the support of our senior leadership to really do anything we feel is appropriate for our clients. That's, you know, looking at also the media landscape and where it's going and taking risks. I mean, risks is huge. And, you know, especially in terms of like an agency environment, which I've never worked at. So I can't speak from firsthand experience. I've only worked at a talent agency, not like a brand facing agency. But I can imagine like there's, you know, some bureaucracy or like hoops to jump through just because you guys are so big and so well known and things like that. So to hear you say that, you know, they encourage you guys to take risks and pave your own path and you created this, you know, department in the first place, like that's really exciting to hear. You also, if we're going back further, have a degree in organizational communications, I read, and a minor in graphic design. Now, you and I, I'm not going to ask your age, but like we're close enough in age that I can probably presume that they didn't have an influencer marketing degree when you and I were in school. They certainly didn't when I was there. I think they're just starting to have like classes and degrees in it, which is fascinating to me. I would love to hear what the through line is, though, for you to what you do today. I'm sure you use some of that degree or what you learned from being in that sort of program and thinking with that mindset. So what's that through line to you? No, it's a great question. And I actually think about this quite often, too, when I reflect upon, you know, that first day in advertising 101 and, and, you know, in school, college course, I actually did not think I would be here doing influencer marketing as a dedicated, passionate career. Um, Again, like you stated, it didn't exist back then, right? But organizational communications is really the craft of working with a lot of people, humans, and really understanding how to identify and also solve issues. And that is why my degree in organizational communications, though, it was a concentration in in advertising with a minor graphic design, which I did that purposely, which is that minor graphic design, because I wanted to understand the inner workings of an agency and also have the sort of creative background to go along with my or comms degree. And naturally, I am a, um, or I like to think that I am a creative person, but first and foremost, I love people. So the through line here is truly working with creators and influencers. I've been able to build the relationships, identify, you know, areas of opportunities, cultivate those relationships for my brand and, or my brands. And therefore, It's been amazing because in order to be a great strategist, you really, truly have to just love humans. But with the creative lens, 
added on to everything, it actually just makes that relationship between you and the creator just so much more impactful, shall we say. So real talk, I feel like E, you know, I could be wrong, but like even people like yourself who are like, I love working with people. I love working with people. And I'm kind of the opposite. I like being a solopreneur. I like having other people. I've never heard that word. Oh, no. Oh, girl. Solopreneur all by myself. Like, sure, I have contractors and what have you. But like, I've had a team of people when I had my company. And I prefer sort of like working on my own, but for even for those of of us like yourself who say like, oh, I, I get the sense that you thrive working with people, I can imagine yes. there are still difficult situations, a difficult client, a difficult like employee, like, or just a difficult situation. How do you like, that's yes. something that everyone listening to the show can, I assume, relate to. How do you navigate through those situations as somebody who does consider themselves really good with people, teach people like us how to be better? <laughs> sure. I always think that I probably should have had a triple degree in then sociology and psychology. If you actually dig or you don't have to dig that far into my Instagram or my social media, you'll see that I'm very spiritual. I love people the good, the bad, the in-betweens. Conflicts, maybe most like to run away from it. I like to go towards it, but really work up a plan in terms of how I'm going to show up, how I'm going to listen, and how I'm going to engage with said individual. So with what we do in influencer marketing, yes, there are times where things kind of go sideways and it's okay because once you connect with the other person, you know, your partner, your creator, and you find what's really making them upset or what their needs are, and you kind of explain what your needs are too, you automatically become best friends. Automatically, you become just two humans working towards an end goal together. So um, I, I do think that influencer marketing is so fascinating because it is a human relationship expertise that does require people to not do things transactionally. And thinking that is identification, negotiations, contracting, go live, like and rinse and repeat. To me, that's not what makes it mediable in terms of a brand being in market. It doesn't make the creators or influencers feel that they're giving their authentic selves to a partnership. And honestly, it doesn't make me or my team feel that we have an enriched careers if we actually don't bring that sort of EQ and heart in terms of what influencer marketing sometimes has become transactional. Um, you know, that's not something that, you know, we truly believe. We do believe in the arts and the science, but really the heart of it all is so important. I love that. I mean, I I think – I agree. Like I've witnessed some people just fall into the trap, you know, where I think – I mean, I think part of it is because people are just trying to do a lot of this work at scale. And so by nature yes. of doing that, it almost has to become transactional because it's the only way to do it at scale. But I've said on this podcast before, and I, I mean it, and it's so applicable to this conversation – 
I don't think influencer marketing should be done at scale because it's a relationship business. Exactly to your point, you can't scale relationships or else it just becomes transactional. So no, I appreciate that. Like if people are sort of falling into those traps, like what could they mm-hmm. do? What should they look at? How should they maybe interact differently? There, there are any things that you guys do at Weber that like helps bring back, you know, the human element to all of this? Yeah. So what's made us successful too in the past couple of years is what's oldest new again, right? And that's not an agency secret of mine either. You know, it's really knowing too that there's, it's not a one size fits all. And that there's a time and place for everything. So there is a time and place for an at, at scale approach, set it and, and, and forget it. There is time for that. Again, you know, those are probably more of your major media buys, perhaps. But what's oldest new is that we're seeing the relationships coming back again, you know, that those longer term partnerships. So way back in the day, right, we were doing one-on-one contracting um, and it was okay, but things got a little bit more complicated. You know, there's a lot more legalese, FTC. And, and so therefore, you know, my suggestion is that, you know, take a look at every brief as if you're seeing it for the first time, don't rinse and repeat and know that yes, and at scale, initiative may be appropriate, but to go back to the basics, to go back to that relationship building is reserved for perhaps particular launches, perhaps for, you know, maybe a non-consumer centric program, who knows, right? But my suggestion here is take a look at every single brief and every single problem that you're trying to solve for a brand with a new light as if they're your first client ever. I love that. I also think it's like a good time of year to do that a little, right? Like I I hope at least that we sort of like have left for the holidays and like gotten some time to like refresh, recharge and have the ability to come back and look at our work with fresh eyes. So I don't know. I'm also just thinking off the cuff, like, you know, maybe in the middle of the year when you don't have that luxury because it's not the holidays, like maybe plan to take a vacation like midway through the year. Like, so you can very intentionally like separate that time and like go away, escape. Or like, you know, we were talking before we started recording, like you've gotten really into like hot yoga these days. So like whether it's like a vacation or just like a every Friday, go to hot yoga, like whatever it is for you so that you can come back with a fresh perspective and the ability to have that. I think that's important. When it comes to working with the influencers themselves, I sort of really want to focus on this conversation more this year on this podcast. So I think, you know, it's seldom do these conversations, do we talk about influencers as enough, like, do we, I don't think we respect influencers enough. And I'm certainly not saying you, I feel like conversations that I've had with other people, they're a commodity and, you know, they just, there's some, an entity that needs to hit a deadline and produce content. And I don't know that we give them enough respect. My question is like, everyone has a different approach for working with influencers. There are tons of different types of influencers, different partnerships, you manage a team. And so I can imagine that, you know, as you're 
helping your team navigate their careers working in influencer marketing, you educate them a bit on, you know, here are some different approaches to working with influencers in order to enable longer term partnerships or find the influencers that you want to have longer term partnerships with. So what's your approach to working with influencers? Yeah, so I truly believe also in dynamic teaming. So making sure that, you know, I have teams that have multiple passion points. They have their own lives outside of work because that brings a lot to the actual work for our clients and our agency. So my approach to working influencers is the same as my approach to creating a team for my clients, which is making their uniqueness be heard and stand out. First and foremost, if we have a people first culture, if we have a people first culture, whether it's in an establishment in a corporation, but also translate that to in our partnerships with influencers or creators, people first, that means that we have to listen to their needs. We have to allow and pave the path for them to succeed, right? We can't measure people by the same ruler. We cannot measure creators or influencers by the same ruler either. So therefore, my approach to working with influencers, again, is letting them speak first, hearing them out, letting them tell us what they want to do for a brand or for a product launch or to push out something. I'm not a robot. Influencers or creators are definitely not robots either. My team, they're not. We're all, again, back to we're humans. And so the approach is allowing the influencers or creators or your potential partners to be themselves and give them the creative ability to tell you what they want to do. Do not dictate first, have them suggest what will resonate with their lives, their belief systems, their values, and their communities. Mm, I, what really resonated, especially with what you just said, is like, allow them to be able to be themselves. And I feel like it's like, it takes skill to be able to cultivate an environment for anybody to like really truly feel comfortable enough to be themselves. Yep. How do you do that? <laughs> How can you do that? Well, sure. You know, and again, it goes back to uh, you can't look at every need and every brief the same way. So there are clients, right, that may require a certain KPI or a, a certain number to meet as far as impressions or goals. And, and that's where perhaps what I just stated may not apply here. And that's where perhaps maybe just pushing out content at scale is the solution. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I really truly believe that there are also creators and influencers who may prefer an at scale approach where they just turn out turnkey content too, right? Because also influencers, they may have different priorities in life as far as how they want to show up to society and to us as a creator or influencer. So how I do that is, is, you know, knowing what the brief is and because 
I am really deep into culture along with my team, we can easily identify um, some of our friendlies that we want to work with for a longer term relationship. You know, the one on one that's pushing like more of an earned first approach. But there are times, again, if the brief says otherwise, there are also plenty of partners, right, that are okay and actually may prefer just churning out a whole bunch of content, having more of a direct marketing play as far as their like messaging and also the content they produce. And so um, it's just honestly taking every single uh, opportunity that comes at you as if it's the first reset you've got to do for the year. I love that. I appreciate that so much. So let's talk about finding the best partners. There are a number of different ways to do that. There are tools out there. There's like your own brain, your own Rolodex, like fate, you know, following people on a work account. Like there's a number of different tactics. Are there any tips that you have for finding the best partners? It's just that. It's also, honestly, communicating with each other too. So we're still, I'm still on text chains with, you know, old colleagues that may have moved to a different company uh, where we're just like, hey, looking for a sneaker head that is X, Y, and Z, any favorites of yours, right? I also tune into to your Facebook group too, to also see what people are asking each other. And that's where that's where we're able to kind of find the best partners is not ignoring all of the tools in front of us, but kind of taking a look at the tools, technology, and conversing with one another and sharing what some of our favorite partners are. I mean, that's it. I mean, it seems daunting to someone that doesn't work in our industry, I think, but it's actually just so natural to us that we're looking at eight different avenues or platforms or ways for us to actually identify the best partners for our clients. So the answer is use them all. And at the end of the day, we're so used to it that using all of these different avenues is just natural. It's just what you got to do to try and the to try to find the best partner. But I will say this, it's also important to continuously be open to new influencers that come into the marketplace and know that their reach may not be high and that is okay because it goes back to, if you want a longer term real relationship, you're also responsible for telling your client why someone is worth the partnership even if their follower count or reach is much lower than what they may want. So learning new influencers that come in the marketplace and meeting new ones all the time is a bit of a challenge sometimes too, because it is hard to, to keep up sometimes because new partners, new managed services, new tools come up all the time. But however, um, that's just part of the game. And, um, you just have to love what you do so that you see these things as not daunting. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. But I mean, I appreciate the notion of really, just, I mean, what I heard you say is like, you know, you, you use all the tools that are out there, you use each other, you know, teams and communicate and whether they're, you know, currently on your team, or you've just befriended them from formerly being on your team, but like continue to share information, use resources like WIM. Certainly our Facebook group is an awesome like resource, but 
What I also heard you say is when you find someone and you really just wholeheartedly believe that they're so right for this partnership and it might not seem like such a no-brainer, like it seems perhaps a little far-fetched for one reason or another, especially in terms of reach, I can imagine that whoever's holding the purse strings might be like, I really want to make sure that my money stretches the furthest, but you see, you want that as well, but you see it happening in maybe a different way that you believe that and you, you justify that and you like stand by it and you prove your points. I think that's, that's a side of maturity of like being around in the industry for long enough to be able to have the confidence and the skill to be able to facilitate that. I'd love to hear, like, dig into that a little bit more because, like, another question that I wanted to talk about is if you have any tips for retaining clients, keeping them happy, and, of course, what we're talking about is, like, like, of course, your, your goal is to make your client happy, but you might be pushing something that they, that might not sit well initially with them. How do you manage those conversations and what do you do to retain clients? It takes a lot of conversations sometimes to educate and bring your clients to a journey where they feel comfortable to take risks. We also have to remember that we have to meet our clients where they're at too, right? Because Every organization has a set of systemic rules and regulations or ways of doing things. So it is nearly impossible to change one's point of view, let alone an organization overnight. So in order to retain your clients, remember that you have to meet them where they're at in their journey and speak to their listen. But also as a duty of mine and my role at Weber Shanwick for our major clients, our mid-tier to our lower-tier clients, is that I'm here to educate and also provide pioneer thinking and trends to where I believe the industry will go and where they should take the risk and pilot things. So never, ever force your POV onto anyone, let alone a client, without making them feel that they can trust you. And they will only trust you if you listen and understand what some of their internal challenges are with their other stakeholders. But be resilient and tenacious as far as educating, but pioneer some pilot programs and tests that they could do And even if it doesn't net where both parties feel it should have, it's okay. That's a step towards risk-taking and changing a systemic operation. And within time, something will come of it. And in influencer marketing, it's, it's been moving so quickly in the past couple of years, and it's only going to get bigger and it's going to shift and change and look a little different, even probably by Q2. So therefore, Continue to just educate the clients. Do not let your frustrations and your own biasness get in the way. Because for me, at the end of the day, my clients have the final say-so. I'm here to facilitate where they could be in an in-culture society. But if they aren't ready for it, there's next week, there's next month, next quarter, next year. Dang, that was good. I feel like we could stop this podcast right now. 
I'm sitting here like taking notes. I'm like, oh, that was good. That was really good. You had the recording. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was good. I'd love to get into a little bit about, you know, we're in this very interesting time of year. We're done with 2022, moving into 2023. There's a lot of planning and the beginning of hopefully a very successful year. You are at a wonderful agency who has tons of awesome clients. And I think what's one of the many things that is unique about that is your perspective, right? You, every client's a little bit different, strategies change and, and evolve and each client has different needs. So you probably, and it sounds like I love hearing the words, you know, risk, risk-taking. Um, it sounds like you've done a lot of that and experimentation to be able to discover what's hot, what's successful. So what was hot and successful for you guys last year that was so much so that you think it's important to parlay into 2023? My take on this and my observation has been that Everyone wants to do influencer marketing now. Everyone wants a piece of this influencer marketing business. And, you know, I still recall way back when, when a PR agency, you know, we were doing blogger relations and that was honestly just an added value to a media plan, right? But now it's become sometimes the center of some media plans. And so what I think we've all seen is that everyone will uh, go to market with an approach saying they are doing influencer marketing. But, you know, I can challenge and say, well, what does that really mean? Right. It's, it's not just set it and forget it. And it's not just in one on one contracting and, and relationship building isn't as easy as one may think, because you have to actually love humans and uh, you, you've got to actually build those relationships, you know, short and long term. So what I started to see that really revved up by like Q3 of last year was a lot of non-influencer agencies that were maybe doing more linear or traditional advertising are now wanting to get into the game. And so in 2023, what I feel is an opportunity that I think we can all embrace better is working better together, right? Making sure that the swim lanes aren't really there anymore and making sure that when we're looking at influencer marketing together, you know, whatever disciplines, that there's a, a time and a place for influencer marketing from a PR standpoint point, from a corp comms, from a media, from above the line standpoint, right? So it's that is seeing and being excited that other individuals are wanting to play the game with us, but also making sure that everyone understands what the game has been played like so that we can come together and just like really win it together. So that's what I see parlaying into this year is it's become a truly integrated approach, or at least there's integrated interests. But how does that play together when you've got, you know, PR, media, traditional advertising, and such? So we'll see. Integrate it. 
media approach, what does that look like with influencer marketing today with all multiple players now being interested, play the game with us? I want to see what it looks like in 2023. I'm excited. I agree. I think that's like a really interesting, it's very spot on. Um, and I think time will tell. We'll have this conversation again in December and see what we experience. Oh gosh. <laughs> Pin me for that one. We'll see. I will. I'll tell you what happened to you. will, for sure. So I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners are really going to enjoy this conversation and would love to get in touch with you. So some people come on here and share their LinkedIn, their email, their Instagram. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Definitely LinkedIn is, is number one, and that's Mananya Komarowski. And on my Instagram, probably it's the second easiest one because that's a, definitely a shorter name. My husband's name is Stan, and I'm Mananya. Therefore, we're Stananya on Instagram. So that's S-T-A-N-A-N-Y-A. So you can hit up Stananya there or just, you know, find me on LinkedIn and, and send me um, a message. I love that so much, Stananya. That's good. You're like the, the benefers of the world. <laughs> That's so good. We will link all of that in the show notes for you guys. Mananya, thank you so much for coming on today. Such good insights. And I'm just excited to see like what additional things you're going to, you and your team are going to achieve this year. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been fun. Bye everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, we gotta have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.